Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delisle. Phil, nice to be with you here at the farm home. It's officially a farm home now. It is officially a farm home. Yeah, I think we can say that. We're at Breckenridge Brewery's farm home in Littleton off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. This is where we spend every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Where else would we rather be? I wouldn't want it any other way. No. Maybe a few more wins to talk about. That's true. That is That would be nice. But you know what? Just being able to talk Broncos here with you every week, uh, it's been a pleasure. New Year, same neutral zone. Exactly. And uh, we got one more episode after tonight coming up next Monday. And then at the farm home. At the farm home. There's, there's plenty There's more a episodes lot in of general. More neutral zone. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And then we'll see where we go from there. Uh, we hope to be back here. Yeah, yeah we hope to be. I'm still drinking the Christmas ale. Yeah, and it's I have very, the, uh, uh, enjoyable. I think I have the Juice Drop IPA. Yeah. It's delicious. It is nice. Delicious. That's been uh, one perk of uh, How many are you going to do? Here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see how that yeah. goes. We'll see. It is a farm home, though. Eric. You get comfortable at the farm home. Ben Swanson. Ben Swanson. He's driving here. us home. Royal Burton's got us up on the air right at 6 p.m. on the dot, so... <laughs> we would never be late. We're up and rolling here, and uh, this episode is all about NZ Nation. It's all about you, the fan at home, watching live on the Broncos' YouTube page. So send us your questions. Fire away on your question, uh, with your questions, and Ben Swanson will forward them along to us, and then Eric and I will... Uh, I'll attempt to answer it. Eric will actually answer it. Yeah, I saw, I'll let you talk for like maybe 10 seconds, and then I'll just kind of ramble and, on. Because I think you think you're always right. Is that how it works? And then think, no, it's all, you know, it's all relative, it's right? All, yeah, exactly. But uh, one thing we know for sure, though, Eric, is after the loss of the Chargers, the Broncos' uh, playoff chances are over with. Correct. Just one more game to go now uh, this season for the Broncos with the Chiefs coming up on Saturday. Saturday. Saturday kickoff. So uh, don't show up on Sunday and be like, what's going on? I mean, you could show up on Sunday. It just wouldn't. Nothing show would up be on happening. Saturday first, though. Yeah. Yeah, show up on Saturday first. But uh, So fire away your questions here, and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. But, Eric, let's just start with uh, the game out in Los Angeles. You were there at SoFi Stadium, a 34-13 to loss for the Broncos. Uh, what were your main takeaways from the game? A beautiful stadium, Phil. First of all, let's talk about beautiful the important stadium. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Incredible. The but Raiders no Stadium. There, right? No so wind? The hair, the hair oh, was important. Yeah. yeah. Nice. A lot of music, loud music. Oh, Tough, it. but yeah. yeah, beautiful stadium. A lot Enjoyed of it. Fans, Looking forward usually. to going there once yeah. a year. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think next year the Broncos will go there twice because they, they play the Rams, Rams? Yeah. in L.A. Schedule. Got to bring it up true. if you, you can. You got to love the schedule. Takeaways wise, um, I think the defense was pretty much what you would expect for the first half. There was kind of that opening drive where they have to figure things out. They give up the touchdown. They're shorthanded. But they, they really buckled down after that and gave the Broncos a chance. They held the Chargers to 10 points for most of the first half. Obviously, the Chargers get to 17 after a muff punt. And that was part of the story for me is just too many missed opportunities offensively on special teams. You have the ball twice inside the five-yard line. You have a first and goal at the two. You cannot score. There's kind of that weird Philly special play where Kendall Hinton can't quite get Drew the ball in space and then later there's an illegal formation penalty on a touchdown and then the Spencer Muff punt you give up a kickoff return for a touchdown they hit Mike Williams over the top I mean just too many mistakes for the Broncos to stay in it it was possible had they played without kind of if they had played mistake free football that maybe you're in it but just too much for them to overcome with all the guys missing and too many obstacles got away I mean, from what, them. there were 13 players on the COVID list I mean, yeah. we can start right there that players like Bradley Chubb, Bryce Callahan, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, they were not a part of the active roster on right. Sunday. So uh, right off the bat, the Broncos were at a disadvantage. And then the play on the field, I mean, going down early, uh, 7 nothing right off the bat, uh, Austin Eckler scoring the touchdown there. And then, Eric, I thought that the game really changed when they had the uh, legal formation it looked like Melvin Gordon was going to score a touchdown and the Broncos were going to be hanging around in this one. Turns out, uh, a legal formation. They have to kick the field goal, and then on the ensuing kickoff, they give up the, a 101-yard touchdown return. And you knew that special teams was going to be hit by the lack of depth. You know, uh, you got guys who've 
never played in the NFL playing before. So yeah, and I mean, even at that point, if you had scored a touchdown, I think it would have been twenty to ten, if I remember correctly. You're, That's still involved. You're still in the game, but really, that kind of the the Philly special play is to yep. me where it turned because you would have made it ten seven. It would have been a three point game. Um, the, well, there's always a couple of plays in the course of a game, right? That determine the outcome. Philly special definitely won the Melvin Gordon, and then the return touchdown. It just it felt different than like last year when the Broncos came back from 21 points down they, at, home, at yeah. home. Well, in part, just last year they moved the ball pretty well. They just made some mistakes and that that got them behind. Broncos didn't move the ball great in this game they had three drives eventually of 70 plus yards but it kept stalling the, out yeah the other drives i mean really until the garbage time touchdown to Noah Fant, you only had two red zone possessions you're yeah. not going to win a lot of games even if you score those touchdowns with two red zone possessions and so i do kind of agree more with the there's maybe a little bit of disagreement in the post-game press conference mm, about rhythm about rhythm. rhythm you got you got rhythm i know all about rhythm you do yeah. yeah. So you see me on the dance floor, and you know you got to watch out. This guy knows about rhythm. Yeah. So th- there was a debate: were they just out of rhythm the whole game, or was it the red zone? That's kind of what Drew Locke suggested. That's that what Drew just in the red zone, it wasn't good. I kind of lean more toward you got to give yourself more chances down there. Mm. That's what the the good to great offenses in this well, league do. We've talked about it. We know the Broncos are operating on a razor thin mar- yes. margin of error. So offensively, yeah, yeah. So that's that. sort of the part of the problem is that, you know, when you do get down there, you they've got to really take advantage of those opportunities, and they were not able to do that. Correct. And uh, I think more of the frustration was just, like, how uh, those opportunities unfolded. I mean, the Philly play, uh, the Philly special play, it looked like maybe there was something there, but just uh, when it was actually tried to execute, it was a disaster. Yeah, that's I a, think that's, that's a, a fair, way to put it. A fair way. To I mean, put it. it was blowing up immediately. Uh, Nasir Adderley was right in the backfield, uh, right up on Kendall Hinton, and that's part of the problem with a play like that is it takes a little bit to develop. You know, the ball's changing hands so much. Uh, so I think that that was a frustrating uh, moment there, and then just lining up incorrectly. I mean, that's another. At this point in the season, Eric, I know you got some backups playing there, but. Just lining up in a legal formation, tough to swallow that at this point of the year. Yeah, and I think that first possession in particular, it says something about where this team is that after having such a good run game for most yeah, of the what season. Happened? What's going th- on that, here the last two weeks? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, I think. But just the fact that from the two-yard line, you think that you have to run a trick play to get in the end zone, that doesn't speak well of where your run game is. And I think it could be a mix of guys are banged up. Both the running backs have been questionable for the last couple of weeks. The offensive line has pieces in and out. But I also think defenses, since Drew Locke has come in, have said, we're going to take our chances. This guy can throw it over the top a couple of times. If he beats us that way, so be it. We're going to load the box. We're going to show him some looks. We're going to tee off on the run. I mean, there were guys in the backfield immediately on a lot of these run plays. And it was was more effective than it was against the Raiders. It was more north-south. But still, there were a couple times that you just got to kind of plow forward and it was interesting Melvin Gordon talked today and he said players have to make plays but he'd also like to see them get some more opportunities to get the run game in a rhythm yeah it's a balance and the the Broncos have not found that balance offensively let's talk about Melvin Gordon's press conference a little bit because uh, spicy it was spicy I would say there was a lot of uh you know Eric has a couple of R's yeah that's reporters if you're new to NZ Nation R's means reporters reporters just like Q means quarterbacks. Okay, that's just a little FYI if you're new here. Uh, but, uh, Eric, I think that as a couple of R's, you read between the lines, and there was some, there's some stuff that I think that we should uh, get to. Uh, you didn't have to read that far. You did not have to read too much. No. But there was some stuff that I think we should talk about. But, yeah, I mean, uh, look, like things eventually catch up with uh, teams. You know, I mean, I think that uh, – the COVID list, the injuries. I mean, Dalton Reisner going out uh, on that first series of the game. I mean, uh, eventually it's just too much to overcome, and I think that that's what happened with the Broncos. I did want to talk a little bit about Drew Locke here. Though. Sure. Uh, it does seem like when Drew is in there, guys like Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant, they seem to pop up a little bit more. It's still not really resulting in points. It's not resulting in wins. It's not like ultimately that's the important stuff, right? 
But uh, there are some sparks within the game where you see, gosh, Drew does bring a, a certain element to the game that uh, you could appreciate, but at the, at the same time, it's not resulting in touchdowns. It's not resulting in wins. That's true. That's definitely true. Um, Noah Fant has been had his second best game of the season. Yeah. I think it is worth pointing out that both of those games that Noah Fant has played well in or had the statistics in have come in kind of blowout losses yeah. in the second half. So hard to evaluate. Garbage time. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, I will say, he, he had a nicer game. He had that long catch. Um, but it it's hard for me to evaluate that separately from, well, Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick aren't out there because yep. when Jerry Judy was not in the lineup when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, Cortland got a lot of attention too, whether it was against the Jaguars, the Steelers, you know, he the Raiders. He got a nice uh, little bit of run. So it's hard for me to separate that. And you're right, there are stats you can point to that say Drew played well. He had his third best quarterback rating of his career. He connected on one one sixteen point two point two. He connected on a couple of deep throws, thirty air yards yeah. or more. Air, air yards. yards. Ball goes that through means the, the air. ball is in the air. Yeah, got it. Confusing. Air yards, not ground okay, yards. Got it. Not the ground yards. No. But yards are yards, though. That's true. It doesn't really matter. But I, but like I mentioned before, there, there wasn't a lot of production outside of that. The Broncos were unable to score in the red zone, uh, touchdowns at least, until yeah. that final drive. What do you think, Eric? The week of practice was kind of screwed up by COVID. A lot of just walk-through pace type of things. Yeah. You know, maybe the way they would normally practice red zone affected. Yeah, I, I would say so, but you've got you've also got to be ready to go. sharp there. Um, it, the Drew Locke performance is hard for me to evaluate because – it's more exciting in some ways, right? Like there's passes down the field. There's a chance of a big play. But at the end of the day, you look at the box score. You look at kind of like the, just the scoreboard. Yeah. And you're like, well, it didn't result in anything. And so then you're kind of like, it's a, it's a small sample size, I'll give you that. But in the halves, Drew Locke has essentially played three games, including the second yeah. half against Baltimore and the second half against Cincinnati. Broncos are averaging like 11.5 points with him in there. Teddy's played 13 games, including a half against Baltimore and a half against Cincinnati. Broncos are averaging 19 and a half. Yeah. Ne- n- neither one is going to be good enough long term, but there's a stark difference there between 19 and a half and 11 and a half. And I think there is something You've to be done the math. I have. I, I just think there's something to be said for the fact that Teddy went out. You're seven and six, and granted, you need to come back against Cincinnati, but you're still in that game. And then you've lost these last three. Um, in the games that Teddy didn't play well in, Cleveland, for example, he was really banged up. He goes out at halftime against Baltimore but leads them to their only touchdown of that game. I mean, I just think because of some of the flashy plays that have come the last couple of weeks, you kind of forget that this offense, its rhythm, and when it was at its best, came when Teddy Bridgewater was in the lineup. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I definitely think that that's true, that this offense was designed – for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, to just run the ball, time of possession, those types of things, they were designed for Teddy Bridgewater. But I I, th- I just say that because some people are like, well, this is a sign that this is what the Broncos should have done all year with Drew. Yes. There, there is a bit of a notion that, gosh, what if Drew had played all season long? Uh, where would the Broncos have ended up? I, I think that... Uh, that's sort of an interesting topic to explore a little bit. You know, yeah. like, what do you think would have happened? Well, I think that you would have a better sense of who Drew is and how yeah. far he'd really come, which is valuable information. And so that's that's one thing you definitely would have gotten. But I don't think necessarily that the Broncos are going to the playoffs. Well, I don't. I think it, I don't think it changes that part of it. I think the only thing that changes is you have a another seventeen games or whatever to evaluate Drew Locke. But I think the Broncos have a pretty good sense of who Drew Locke is. Yeah, from the last couple years the training camp competition, the time he's seen this year. I mean, Drew, like Vic Fangio said today, can still be an NFL quarterback, but is he a, a top, top-level starter? I don't know that we've seen signs that that is going to happen. I think quarterback is probably going to dominate the conversation all offseason. Yes. I think, and, uh, you know, with the Broncos being eliminated from the playoffs now, uh, all attention is going toward the future, I think, just naturally here that, look, the season uh, – it's coming to an end on Saturday, you know, so it's natural to start thinking about the future. 
and what that position holds. I think that the general sense that you get from certainly Vic Fangio, maybe some of the other players who've talked to the press, is that the production from that position, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, somebody else, it needs to be better than it, than it has been. And uh, I think that there's a, just a certain level of frustration with that because that's been that's really been the topic of conversation for ever since Peyton Manning's left. Yeah, and I think that one thing that Vic Fangio said, especially when Teddy Bridgewater was in there, we have to play better around Teddy. Yeah. What you hope can happen eventually is that you have a guy that even if the players around him are not playing particularly well, that he raises that level of play. I mean, you look at, granted, he's one of the, or he is the greatest player in NFL history. Tom Brady yesterday, they're not playing great on offense. He's missing a bunch of wide receivers. You know, it's not their best game. They're trailing by double digits. And you've got Tom Brady, and so you just you win that football game. There's you, a lot of uh, topic on Twitter in particular, Eric. Oh. About, uh, wins not being QB stats. Sure. I think that we agree that on a fundamental level, QBs uh, aren't directly responsible for wins. That is not a direct stat. But oftentimes when you talk about quarterbacks, the idea of just – Figuring out a way to win the game certainly is a, a dominant part of the conversation when you talk about quarterbacks. Like, look, like uh, things aren't going well, but because you have Tom Brady, you just couple plays here and there, boom, you win the game. And the dude is just a winner. And, and that just happened. I mean, that doesn't just happen. That's part of him. That's part of his ability as a quarterback. I, I think that it's not a quarterback stat, Eric, per se, but – there is a level of conversation that is accurate, that it is part of being a quarterback. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, if, like, you, if you play really well, then you're going to lead your teams to win. But there, are, I think the reason it's not a quarterback status because there are times when, you know, Tom Brady or John Elway or whoever it might be could play really, really well, and you don't get the win, and then you don't want to saddle them exactly. with that loss. Or a player, you know, I think back to the, the NFC Championship um, the year that the Seahawks went to the Super Russell Bowl. Russell Wilson played terrible. Four interceptions. They go to the Super so Bowl. Win. I don't think but they didn't play that Super Bowl, right? Huh? They didn't play that Super Bowl? No, 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 no. That was a different that was a different Super Bowl that they came back and beat the Packers. Oh, different one. Yeah, the one that the Broncos, uh the Seahawks in that NFC championship, that was the Richard Sherman breakup of the pass on oh, Colin right, Kaepernick. Of course. Yeah. And then uh, uh the famous interview after the afterward. Yeah. That was the one where they went on and played. But, but I think that's why they, you know, that's why you say quarterback wins is not a stat. Correct. But, but I think I th- when I, you talk about, like, who's the best quarterback of all time, Tom Brady and his Super Bowl wins tend to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. So, sorry, I Vince cut you off a little bit. Vince interested in this. Yeah, are you taking some? Is this for social selfies? media? Yeah, good. Okay, well. Uh, while Bill Milani raving about Tom Brady. Yeah. All over Twitter. Uh, I will say the tone on Tom Brady a lot different now that he's in Tampa Bay, huh? He's he a fun a, guy. He was hated here in Denver for a period of time. Now that he's in Tampa Bay, it seems like uh, with his social media game, people are starting to ter- change the tone on Tom Brady a little bit, huh? Yeah, he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. I, I enjoy following him. Kind of like Joe Burrow. He's kind of a fun guy too, huh? That guy, uh, you wish you have a guy like that in your locker room, you know? He's just kind of cool, huh? He's cool, and he's a really good football player. Yeah. More importantly, though, he's cool. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> uh, I are, like his swagger. What do the fans got? Okay, yeah. Let's uh, let's take a break here. We are broadcasting live from Breckeridge Brewery's Farm Home in Littleton. It's off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. That's right. Where are we at? Breckenridge Brewery's Farm Home. Off of Little Santa Fe. Yeah, it's in Littleton. Off Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. Brewery Lane, yeah. This show is all about the fans, so let's get to some fan questions here on the YouTube page. Cody Ruark, he's a a favorite of ours. He's a fan of the program. Okay, Adam Schefter, sound alike. Sound sound alike. -alike. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. I think Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter Jr. is his given name. Adam Schefter Jr. Yeah. Adam Schefter again. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Cody Ruark, my favorite duo. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate that. Cody. Uh, what is one positive takeaway you believe the team can carry into next season? That's a good question. Yeah, what, what is a positive, Eric? Because 
if you just ask me, I think that the biggest positive that the Broncos can take into the offseason is just trust in George Payton. I think ultimately that is what Broncos fans can rely upon. They just say, look, whatever George thinks that the Broncos should be doing, just have some faith in that. You're trying to get me riled up here. I, I do think that that is a big takeaway because you look at this Broncos rookie class, Eric, I think that you could say that they have hit in a lot of different areas, okay? PS2, Pat Sertan again. Yep. That was a hit. I think that we can all agree yeah. on that. I, there's some conversation today on the internet that maybe that maybe he's like a potential pro bowler someday, not a Hall of Fame talent. Pat Sertan's stats in his rookie year are almost identical to Champ Bailey's. Really? Really. Pick six. We like the pick six. We love a good pick six. Yeah. Pat Sertan I, is a heck of a football player. He had a couple of nice pass breakups yesterday. Yeah. He held his own against Keenan Allen, who is a really good football player, too. And not only is he like um, Keenan Allen, you know, he's not like that physical specimen that you go out there and you're like, how are you going to match up against him? He's that route runner who is like, he just knows how to get open. I think that was the most impressive thing about uh, Pat Sertan, the second's game, is that against a veteran who is like really I don't want to use the word crafty I don't like using that word okay? you, you use it a lot for somebody who doesn't really like it I don't like it because uh, he's like he is like that veteran who just knows how to get yeah. open he's a, he's good a player. tremendous route runner he knows when when to get open for the ball to arrive so that you can make touchdowns that's what Keenan Allen that's does that's good okay? analysis that's what he does okay? that's why you stay right here that's what he likes to do and he does it very well the fact that Sertan was able to guard a guy who's so veteran and smart out there, that says a lot about where he is with his game. That It's not that he's just going out there against a physical person and he's able to match up because I do think that physically Sertan is very gifted. And so if you just put him against a physically talented wide receiver, he's going to be able to match up well. The fact that he did it against a, a guy who just knows how to get open and is smart that was really impressive to me. That was like an Eric length answer. You got going. You love this. I do like that. I do think that he still needs a little bit of improvement in tackling, tackling. the physical element it's of the game. It's gotten a little game. better. It's gotten better. There was a couple of times yesterday where I wish he would have just come up and just made a nice wrap up and just ended the play. But uh, I'm not. That's nitpicky. That's just nitpicky at this point. I'll, I'll say this: Pat Sertan is already at least their second best player on the entire team. I agree. Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons is number one, and, and he's Pastor Justin Tanner Simmons is one of the best safeties in the league, and so this should speak to this level of compliment yeah. that I think Pastor Tan at some point is going to be he's the right best there. player on this team. At some oh, point. you think so? Like in the future, in future years. Ooh. You always talk about guys making the biggest jump from year one to year two. He's Pat's, already made a Pastor nice Tan is already this good. Imagine what he can do with another offseason. I mean, this, this kid is legitimately really good. He's special. So you talk about him, you talk about Javante Williams, who's been really good. You know, struggled the last few weeks from a run game perspective overall, but... Has he hit a rookie wall? I don't know know if it's him, because Melvin Gordon has had his share of struggles, too. Obviously, Javante's... I think he's had a little bit more trouble the last... At least his last game. He's a very physical runner. That's one of the things that I was thinking about this today. He came out of college, and he just broke a ton of tackles. He He went to the University of North Carolina. You could do anything you, do whatever you want, you want when, you, when you come from a place like that. Yeah. And he broke all sorts of tackles, and I thought, well, that's fun. That's nice. That's like a neat trick. It's cute. You think it's cute? It was cute. Huh? Yeah. I was like, he's not going to do that in the NFL. Yeah, but guess what? Kyle Grant has been sending a lot of yeah, merchandise. A lot of scepters. Yeah, a lot the of scepters. The good morning football budget is yeah. all going to Denver. When you walk around the facility, you just bump into scepters everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're like a shell corporation for good morning football yeah. out in Denver. Yeah. They're going to start getting... Yeah, free Tax shipping evasion. Also, yeah. yeah, free shipping. Not good. You know? Yeah. So you got him, Quinn Miners. At the time, I was like, that's an interesting choice with a third-round pick. You don't necessarily need another interior guy. He's pushing to be probably their best interior lineman. He's been really physical. I, I like what I see okay. from Quinn Miners. He took out trees. He took tree out draft, trees. And now and he's he, taking out humans. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Baron Browning has been really good. He was a guy, you know. Some potential there, a lot of athleticism, but you didn't know what you were going to get. He missed all of the offseason, almost all of training camp. And I thought, 
it's going to be a red shirt year for him. He's not going to play. Yeah, especially in this Vic Fangio defense. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. A lot. It's sort of complicated. Yeah, he's picked it up pretty well. Yeah, instead he comes in. He's been pretty good there at inside linebacker. I think a guy that you can count on as a starter next year with Josie Jewell Most and Alexander Johnson, both impending free agents. Kenny Young. Kenny Young. Uh, and then you've got some depth pieces in Caden Stearns and Jonathan Cooper. And I know the, the free agency, maybe it didn't go quite as well. You talk about a guy like Kyle Fuller, that probably didn't meet expectations, but Ronald Darby has been solid. You signed Justin Simmons to a long-term deal, which Shelby there was no guarantee that Justin Simmons was going to, you know, he talked about that, but there was a little more. Yep. At the end of last year, Phil, it almost felt like Justin Simmons was saying goodbye, you know? Like that, that press conference, it was sad. You were crying, right? I <laughs> bawling. I was like, Eric, are you okay? And George gets that done immediately. Yeah. And so we talk about the, the the thing to look forward to. It has to be George Payton's talent evaluation. He picked up an extra second and third round pick from the Von Miller trade that I think, of course, now you look back and say that was the right deal to make. This is a team that could go after a veteran. This is a, I'm talking about the quarterback position. This is a team yeah. that could go after a they rookie. They could do anything they want. A lot of options. And I think... This is my big point because it was kind of on, on Twitter today. It was like, should the Broncos have taken Justin Fields over Pat Sertan? Ooh. George Payton has been good in his evaluation at several different positions. Why should we not trust that he's also good at evaluating the quarterback position? Yeah. I mean, that it, is the hardest po- uh, position to evaluate in all sports. But, but if, he, if he looked at Justin Fields and said, that's not the guy, then there's, yeah. you can't take him just to take him. In Mac Jones, people are like, well, then you should have taken Mac Jones. Mac Jones has a lot of help in New England. He has a really good offensive coordinator. Yeah. And still, there are times when it's fourth down, they're not going for it. Against Buffalo, you throw it three times because you think it's better to, to run and punt. I mean, yeah. Mac Jones has struggled. He had a nice game against Jacksonville last week, but he struggled a little bit the last month here. And so I guess my point overall would be, George Payton has done nothing to suggest. Even Teddy Bridgewater. He acquired Teddy Bridgewater. He was an upgrade from the quarterback play in 2020. Had you in the playoff mix. Nothing George has done should suggest that you should doubt him. And so no. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt with the yeah. quarterback position. This is the biggest thing you should have confidence in moving forward. Now they have to address it this offseason in some way. Because Teddy's a free agent. Because Drew's going in the last year of his deal. Whether it's a, a big-name veteran, whether it's a rookie, whether it's re-signing some sort of middle-of-the-road guy, they've got to find a way to address it. But I, yeah. I believe, based on what I've seen, that George is going gonna, is gonna gonna to hit it. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, the, the Nats, a little bit like the Twitter people that are just... You had to grab it. Yeah, I was like, get out of my face. And you did have pretty like fast. Yeah. You yeah, know. Watch out. Better watch out, yeah. Uh, thank you for that question there, Cody. Hopefully that answered it. 15 minutes later. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. Okay, Brandon uh, Brandon Walker. That's Brandon from Iowa. Yeah. Brandon's like, get to my question Hey, already. fellas. It's Brandon from Iowa. Tough game, but I do think Drew has gotten better. I wonder if it'll be enough for 2022. Worm for mayor. Okay, worm for the number four mayor. How do you I spell mayor? M a y o r. Okay. Mayor. Worm. Worm. W o r m. Four. Mayor. Four. Mayor. Okay. What do you guys want to see from Drew versus Kansas City? A lot of Drew questions. A lot of Drew questions. Because yeah. Drew is still the, he's the unknown to some people. Eric, no matter what happens, no matter the guy what. who's got a little bit of a unknown. I think this guy maybe could be the guy. This that sort of character yeah. in the football world will always be beloved. Of course. Yeah. You just He just needs a chance. I will say this about Drew, though. Say it. Some things have been bad luck or, like, stacked against him or whatever. This is life in the NFL, though. Yeah. Uh, his rookie season, he has the injury. He doesn't get to practice most of his rookie year. But when he does play those final five games, you're like, whoa, maybe there's something here. Okay, goes four and one. Okay, then change that offensive coordinator. Okay, uh, does which I get think a full was I think season? that was the defining moment in his career in Denver was that change in offensive yeah, coordinator. Most definitely, he doesn't get the off season with uh, Pat. They don't have any OTAs, no mini camp, none of that. They show up for uh, training camp. Okay, I don't think Tom, Tom Brady system. didn't have that either, right? 
No, but he's Tom Brady. Okay, I was just checking. Yeah. I think Tom they won Brady the they won the Super Bowl. Shows up and he wins Super Bowls. Yeah. Okay. QB's not uh, uh, wins not a QB stat, but he shows up and wins Super Bowls. Yeah, okay. that's what he does. Sorry. Uh, and then Drew gets hurt. He hurts his shoulder. Uh, misses a little bit of time there. But it, in general, 2020, a bit of a COVID year. Loses the quarterback competition. Doesn't get the practice reps this year. That's life in the NFL, though, huh? When you do get your chance, you got to go out there and perform. You got to. You have to. Yeah. And I just, I think that while he's still somewhat of an unknown, it's possible that he improves. I do think you've seen enough from Drew to suggest generally what he can be, and you can probably extrapolate to what is his ceiling going to be, what is his floor. He's done a better job of not turning the ball over, though I will say there were a couple throws in the should game have been picked off. Should have been picked off. Kendall Hinton fell down on one of those routes. Which is not home. which is not Drew's fault that Kendall Hinton falls down, of course, but got bailed out that they drop it there. I, I mean, I just people bring up Josh Allen a lot with Drew because they Josh do. Allen took a little bit of time to develop. There were there were more flashes at an earlier point. Um, now the the one thing that could be interesting, interesting, Ooh. Phil. I didn't think necessarily that it was going to be likely. That if this team drafted a rookie quarterback, I, I thought they'd go out and get a veteran to kind of serve as the mentor, a Teddy type guy for this upcoming for, the, for 2022. Okay, okay. To to kind of start the year, you know, like the um, kind of the fake competition in Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew, the you know a Ryan Fitzpatrick with Tua, that sort of situation. If Drew plays well this week and you can look back at three games and be like, well, he actually showed strides and he hasn't turned the ball over, maybe it's possible that in the case of drafting a rookie quarterback, I don't think that would prevent them from drafting one, but maybe it's enough from Drew to say, okay, well, he's under contract anyway. It's an inexpensive deal. Maybe he starts the year and this rookie kind of gets ready and then then goes. Oh, interesting. So I I still don't think I've seen enough to suggest he Mm. can be the – the long-term guy, but I think maybe he's shown enough that he could be here. A bridge. A bridge. Interesting. Now, he, but what? he also might be like, I want to go mm. somewhere where yeah. I can be the it's guy. sort of a disservice to both guys because oh. for the rookie, you would want like a veteran who's here to help him out. Well, understands Drew his role had Joe Flacco, bit. who wasn't keen on that either. Exactly. But if you had somebody who... I'm just saying a veteran isn't necessarily that... I'm saying you had somebody who understood what their role was and was interested in helping and well, just said, you, look, you I, I know to, what I am. I'm a great quarterback. You probably have to sign that guy before you draft somebody, right? You would have to, yeah. So... If that's the direction the Broncos end up going. Like, I don't think Tyrod Taylor... Tyrod. I think it was re-corrected Re-went to Tyrod. Back to Tyrod. I'm sorry. I don't think Tyrod in L.A., before he got a needle stuck into his lung... I don't think he yeah. was. Excuse me. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, that's I true. don't think that he wanted to just like hand yeah, it off to, to Herbert. Herbert was going to take that. Herbert or Burrow. Who'd you rather have? Oh, you put me on the spot, huh? I asked you that earlier. Did you? Now, yeah, I asked you oh. that on the phone. Remember when we, we were producing so this? Yeah, with the pro- when we were like okay, the production, what do we the talk production about? meeting. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And I asked you that. And now you're turning around on me. I'd go Burrow. I do think that maybe Herbert has an element of Ooh. of his game where maybe he has got um, a little bit of a stronger arm, well, like a little more of a physicality there. But Burrow's swagger. I like the edge that Joe has. Yes, yes so do I. He's got kind of like a... That throw to J- uh, Jamar Chase on the sideline. He's really good. I mean, they're both really, really good players. Man, that was impressive. Really good. And uh, also the locker room pictures are just fantastic. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want out of my queue. If the Broncos beat the Bengals a few weeks ago, I was going to Photoshop, like, Teddy's face onto Joe Burrow smoking the cigar. (laughs) Unfortunately, it didn't happen. (laughs) But that would have been a good tweet, I think. Yeah. I got a lot of good tweets in my mind that I can't ever tweet. (laughs) You know how that goes. Sure. Okay, uh, Worm for Mayor uh, Ronald follows Darby. up. What do you want to see from Drew against Kansas City? Um, well, one, score some points. I mean, you want to Put keep pushing some, the ball down tubs. the field, but can you be efficient in the red zone? Can you show that you uh, can operate against a defense that's been really good against Denver? I mean, 
we talk about Kansas City struggling on defense sometimes. The Broncos have not scored more than 16 points against Kansas City in their last five meetings. And three of those games, they've scored fewer than 10 points. That's, I mean, that's not good enough. It's not been good. And so they need, if Drew Locke can show, hey, I can put up 24, 28 on the Chiefs, it's a great sign that he can be a guy that, you know, at least could push for an opportunity next year, or whether it's here or somewhere else. I mean, to me, it's all about points. The deep balls are great. Score some points, baby. You know, the the quarterback rating is great. you got to score points. you got to execute in the red zone. Yeah, red zone. And also, he's been doing a good job with no turnovers, more of that. Yeah. Score Don't tweet that points. one, Swanson. You tweet that one. Okay. Uh, Angel Rodriguez. Angel. It took Allen three full seasons to get it together, even if we would have drafted him. I don't think Broncos country would be patient enough. I wish we would have gave Drew the chance this whole season. Mm-hmm. So I think we kind of talked about that. We did. A little bit. Uh, Aaron Witter. He asked this question a long time Aaron ago. Witter. Witter. Aaron okay. Witter. Is that one of your friends? I don't think so. I, I mean, he so. could be. What? She could be. I don't know how you spell Aaron. Aaron is two A's, an R, an O, and an N. Likely. Aaron Witter. Yeah. Aaron asks, uh, what big free agents do you think the Broncos could bring in for 2022? What does the Broncos' cap space look like in 2022? They got a lot of of cap space. A lot of cap space, which is impressive given that you signed Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick. You have Justin Simmons on a long-term deal. We've heard George Payton say thank you to John Elway for setting up the situation. A lot of cap space, yeah. Uh, I think they've got like the seventh or eighth most cap space. It's not quite as much as it was this year, but they still got plenty. It's kind of like if you bought a big cap and it didn't quite fit and you put it on. And you know how some some of the old baseball players in the 90s, uh-huh. the hat just sort of rested on their head and there was a lot of space. I wasn't even it. born in the 90s. I know that, but you've well, so probably seen some photos. They used to, the, the cap used to just sit on What's, top of their what head. What is baseball? There was a lot of cap space got above it. the head. Yeah, that was That was worth it. That was worth the payoff. Yeah, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean. Were you that. telling me the joke? I'm telling you. I'm telling, I'm telling everybody. Everybody, everybody got it. Yeah, Hopefully, everybody. somebody liked it. Uh, I'll say this: if you, I, I don't know names yet, but it could be interesting, especially if you trade your picks away for a quarterback. For a quarterback, whether that's a veteran or you're trading up in the draft to get somebody, you're probably going to have to address some of these needs in free agency. An edge rusher is yeah, somebody that you could go needs. after. Let's talk about needs. Edge rusher is probably a need. Yep. I think defensive line to some extent is probably a need, even though your starters are all uh, back under contract. I don't know that they have like a particularly – like Draymond Jones can be dominant in pass rush. Mike Purcell struggled with injuries a little bit this year. They need some, they need like a, a big body there, I think. A nose tackle. Yeah, um, which, Mike, which Mike Purcell is, but they might need – more depth there. Deshaun that could Williams. be a second second, second tier wave. of free agency type deal. But the main thing is edge rusher and then I think right tackle on offensive line because Bobby Massey, he's a free agent. So you'd have to choose to extend him or you know, go and sign a big name guy. It's yeah. hard to it's hard to find tackles on the market. I would guess that that would be more likely to be dealt with in the draft oh okay got it i was gonna say i would say edge rusher is probably the number one thing that i would focus on correct yeah and quarterback could really go either way you could trade for one you could sign one in free agency you could uh draft draft one one. but if you the broncos are at 11 right now 11th overall pick they could get up to like 10 9 It's unlikely they're going to get to, like, six or anything like that. So last year they won five games and they were 15. Yeah. It's a jumbled mess right now. Oh, I'm sorry, not 15. They were nine. They They were were nine, nine. yeah. Nine when they took Sertan. 15 was the year before that with Judy. When they won seven games. They won seven games. Yeah. This year they've won They won seven seven games. games, 11. 11. Boom. Okay, there you go. It's good analysis. So they pick 15, then they pick 9, and then right now they're sitting Right now they're at 11. So, you know, hypothetically you could trade like one of – you have two seconds this year and two thirds. You could maybe trade like this year's second and maybe next year's – I don't know. You can move around. You You have options. They certainly have the ability based on their capital. They could get up as high as they wanted to 
because there's not a there's not like a a Trevor Lawrence out there or like a guy yeah. that I don't think like Detroit I think right now is close to that number one pick. They're probably willing to listen, and so if you really think, hey, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, you know, like whoever, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, UNC, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, whoever it is that you decide is this guy, you can move up if you want to. If you like the guy, they got options. They to have do what they, they have the capital. Last year, it would have been harder to move up because they didn't have these extra picks. That's true. They got some picks now. They got some, and we we don't really know. You know, do the Broncos like Trey Lance? There was no chance the Jags or the Jets were moving off that one and two spot. So yeah. it was really like, can can you move up and get Trey Lance? And then you got to do what the 49ers did. They give make up a, a lot. big move, yeah. yeah, and do something like that. Um, King the the Inn, or maybe King Thean, King Thean. King the Inn. I'm not sure exactly. Okay. You can really go in a lot of directions with YouTube names. Okay. MLB is still a need. MLB. But you just said you don't like baseball. Yeah, not a big baseball guy. Yeah, I, I do think inside linebacker is a position you got to figure out. Baron Browning, to me, seems like one of those guys. But you need three, you know. People say you need two. You need three. You need three. And really, you know. Some people say is, two. This is interesting. You, you might need three starters depending on if you have a new coaching staff and you move That's to a 4-3 sense. defense. Oh, you're gonna need now all more? of a sudden those outside backers, Bradley Chubb becomes a defensive end probably. You need a different setup. It's mm. interesting. whole thing could change. Yeah. But this commenter, King the Inn or King Fian, is correct that you're going to need to sign a couple of these guys. Tom Magnetti says... Uh, Tom's back. Let's go. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I just climbed down from the ledge. Tom. 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 Tom, uh, Phil wanted us to let you know that your wife says hi. I did not say that. <laughs> Eric. I've just, me- I've just spent a lot of time trying to mend that. Okay? Tom, he's just joking. Okay? Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, this... This is from George S. Who could that be? George S. Love the podcast! Exclamation point. George S. Is that all? Is that if all George Broncos S. Broncos bring in a oh, rookie QB next year. Who will be the second QB? Teddy Drew or someone new? That kind of rhyme. Teddy Drew or someone new? George I mean, kind of has a way of, with doesn't words. Kind of rhyme. It does rhyme. Well, when I say it like that. When I give it that little say, rhythm. Say it away that it doesn't rhyme. George says, <laughs> Teddy, Drew, somebody, new. That still rhymes. No. you got to give it some rhythm. <laughs> we already went over this, Eric. I got rhythm. And when I read it with the rhythm. It's, rhythm is it's the nice. word I cannot, I cannot ever spell that word. Yeah. Or H. I, I, get, I get that, but then the, there's you. a T in there. There's a, a, y. a, there's a y, y, another H. The H is what's sneaky about I rhythm. I can't ever spell it right. That's why you don't have rhythm. Yeah. Who's going to be the backup quarterback? I would ra- Or the second quarterback. Maybe it's not even a backup, George S. <laughs> Maybe it's a starter. Yeah. That's a good Ooh. question. I, I would, if I had to rank them right now, I would say going into training camp, so not necessarily final roster, but we'll say going into training camp, I think there's a decent chance that Drew is still on the roster. Wow. Okay, you think so? Better, more so than Teddy at this point. My my whole uh, idea of what's going on has kind of flipped the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I think in training camp there's a decent chance that Drew's, or even we'll say going into the draft, there's a decent chance that Drew is still on the team while Teddy I, is not. I think if the Broncos have decided to move on from Drew, maybe around draft time you could be getting some calls about him. So going into a draft weekend, be, though. That could be the time where but if you've decided. I think, at, I think yeah. at that point it's more likely that Drew is still on the team going yeah. into draft weekend. Well, that's because yeah. free agency comes before the draft. Right, but you can trade that's people why. whenever you want. Yeah, that's true. But free agency tends to come. A lot of trades come around the draft. And then. There's a lot of trades around the draft. Yeah, the Matthew Stafford trade last year allegedly happened before free agency allegedly allegedly 
you don't know the what Joe Flacco trade allegedly happened before free agency. Those big trades. I know Drew wouldn't be part of a big trade, probably, but Tom Magnetti, gosh, I better start exercising. I can't afford to lose my wife on top of a disappointing season. <laughs> that would Tom, just be insult to injury. Tom, this physique, you can't teach that. Yeah. You know, it just it happens. You got to get those those quarter zips that kind of have like the the washboard ab painted on. No, not painted on, but just like the extra fabric so it goes over the abs without like ripple effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Eric, I should mention that you've got the quarter zip. I got full zip today. Oh, full zip. Full zip. I don't like that. Yeah. Kind of feels I like a betrayal. Full, I went full zip today. Okay. Um, Mark Horning, PS2 is a real deal. Barring injury, he could be a solid Hall of Famer for a decade. It's yeah, possible. I mean, he could be a really good player. Here's a question for you, Phil. Oh. If Pat Sertan continues on Pat this track. Pat Sertan tra- again. Yeah. He continues on this track. Would he be a better cornerback? than Aqib Tlaib or Chris Harris Jr. If he continues on this path? Yeah. I mean, he could be like Aqib Tlaib. I mean, I think that Aqib Tlaib is really elite. But Aqib Tlaib is like a very borderline Hall of Famer. We love Aqib. We want Aqib to get into the Hall of Fame. Yes. It's not a slam dunk. I think that maybe... If Pat Sertan plays like this, he, he could be the best corner since champ. Yeah, I would say that Aqib, uh, his... his uh, the things that might keep him out of the Hall are like away from the field. Do you know what um, I mean? It's possible. I mean, they're not supposed to consider that for football. You're not supposed to, but I, I would say that you could. Like Talib's Pro Bowl numbers and like all pros are not as his pick sixes were really impressive. right. But in terms of like the number of seasons where he had Pro Bowl nods or all pros, it, it wasn't anywhere close to a champ, for example. Well, Who, champ is one of the best of all time. Yeah, was ever champ, was champ on the NFL 100 team? I don't think he was. Champ Bailey? Yeah, he wasn't. Well, then that speaks speaks more about the top 100 team than it does about Champ Bailey, just quite frankly. Yeah. He is one of the best of all time. I I mean, I just don't care what anybody else says. (laughs) That's just what I'm going to say. When you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, you should be on the top 100 team. There's probably, I don't know how many first ballot Hall of Famers there are. Certainly he wasn't in the Hall of Fame when that got announced. I know, but now he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Redo it. Announce it again. Redo it. Top 100 and, what is it, two. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that should have made it that did not. Well, you have to limit each position group. Right, but you just said if you're a first-bound Hall of Famer, then you have to be on it. Well, you don't have to be, but you should be considered. Anybody else a little confused by what Phil's saying? (laughs) I am. He could be very good. I think that he could be better than Aqib Tlaib. I'll say that. Now, I don't think he'll he'll have the touchdowns that Aqib Tlaib did. Aqib made big plays. Aqib Uh, knew what to do when the ball came in his hands. So do you. Of course I do. You're like, like, do not go to the sideline. When the red light turns on, I got to go. Yeah, turns on. Yeah. That's what happens. At a traffic light, the red light light. turns on, you go. I stop. (laughs) 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 I'm talking about the camera. Oh, yeah. But, yes, Aqib Tlaib uh, played wide receiver a lot. He knew what to do. I think I have got a very Aqib's valid a point. Aqib's a stud. When a DB catches the ball, as it's an interception, uh-huh. oftentimes they're taught to just go to the sideline and run out of bounds. Yeah. I say no. I say do it like Darius Slay did. Just take your time, let things just uh, unfold, and then boom. You got an opportunity yeah. for a nice little touchdown. You just got to be a little more patient. It's fair. But what you don't want to do is fumble the ball. That happens a lot of times. The guy gets a nice pick. He's running. He thinks everything's good. Fumbles the ball. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals guy. Almost happened. He was down by contact per referee sources. Yeah, Yeah, technically. Not in the spirit of the rule, though. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the spirit of the rule, that Raiders-Colts play yesterday. Exactly. Hunter Renfro. One finger down. Little... Looked little, like a little Michelangelo. Yeah. Yeah. On the you know? on the shoe. And they're like, he's down. Yeah, that, he's down. That, to me, is not the spirit of the rule. I know. What Would else? it have been better to for him to have been down in that Colts game? Or it didn't matter. You want him to go ahead and score a touchdown. Then You're talking about for the Broncos? The no, I mean for the Colts. Oh. Yeah, you probably want him to score. Yeah, that way you get the ball back. Okay, Brandon Walker says here, I should mention we've got about 10 minutes left in this episode. 
for the first it's hour. Very six to seven is pretty much a just yeah. we live and die by that rule. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Walker under the expectation that the Chiefs rest a lot of starters. Okay, no. that that's not going to happen, Brandon, because they still are going <laughs> Hell, for gosh. that number Aggressive. one seed. Yeah, they're going to play. Do you think everybody. if the Broncos win, it'll have good feelings for the team and the fans? Let's just say that in general. If they win, if they don't rest starters or oh. anything, but the Broncos go out there and somehow they beat the Chiefs, will that this weekend? Will that give it this weekend? Got it. Okay. They played Chiefs this weekend. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Would that create so the, some good feeling uh, heading into the offseason? I don't know if it creates good feeling. I think it's more of like Brandon's a, a positive guy. I think okay? it's more relief that the streak is over. You don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would feel nice. Like, I don't think you're going into the offseason being like, wow, we can beat the Chiefs. I mean, maybe you feel that way a little bit, but I think it'd be more just, hey, we don't we don't have to hear about this anymore. Are you okay? Yeah, that seems to not really be bothering me so much. Yeah, you're a, you can, you can't be phased. I think you've been crunching the numbers so much. I'm seeing that you're things. seeing things. I'm seeing yeah. things. Yeah. You're, you're feeling. Yeah. Did we get an update a on the paranoid. top 100 champ Bailey? A little paranoid. He's not not on the in the top 100. Confirmed. Okay, confirmed. Per Ben Swanson. No, I don't want to know who this. Brandon, I like your positivity. I yeah. appreciate that. I mean, I a, think you would feel pretty good about being in the Chiefs, but really, it doesn't change much about your game plan heading into the offseason. I also think there's like. At this point, it's so hard to kind of count on, okay, well, a win against the Chiefs means this, or like your opponents next year mean this. You could have a different quarterback. It's possible. We know that the rumors are swirling. You could have a different coach, could have a different offensive coordinator. Like, there, there's so much that could Seems change. Look way different. So it's a little hard for me right now to be like, well, a win this week or like something that happens with this team to put too much weight into it because yeah. everything could just look so different. Very true. Uh, Zach Scherer. Scherer. You know that guy? Zach sure. Scherer. With S-H-A-R-E-R? Oh, Scherer. Oh, Scherer. Like Scherzer, kind of. A little bit. Oh. No, I don't know. The pitcher. Max seems Scherzer. like, yeah. Seems you like the MLB, don't you? What did you say? <laughs> yeah, you like the Max MLB. Max who? Scherzer. Okay, there you go. Got it at the time. I think I got it all the time. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't Mets, know this. Eric. I think there's a lockout or something. Well, hopefully there's an MLB season. But you we'll don't. See. I don't think you really even care. Go, I'll go drink sure. a, a nice Breckenridge brew at the uh, down at at court. Er, ooh, ooh, at the ballpark, at the, at the field, <laughs> at the ballpark. <laughs> no, I don't know what we'll you said. That Zach, we'll Zach, edit that in post. Zach Scherer. Scherer says, "I don't know." What that should person. the New Year resolutions for both Vic and George Payton be? What are your guys' resolutions for 2022? It's like a Bill Belichick question. They're personal. They don't. You wouldn't yeah, be interested yeah, yeah, in something like that. Exactly. <laughs> I would say. I would say uh, to perfect the hair even more. Oh, the hair. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always working on the hair game. And I want to. Ex- I like the product. I want to increase and extend my quarter zip collection. Yeah. As you know, we found out in the last episode, you've got a whole closet dedicated. Oh, very. I mean, very different quarter zips for different occasions but you got to always add to it you got the podcast if you uh if you stay stagnant you're gonna get left behind that's true you always got to be better or you're getting worse yeah yeah uh what do you think that vic and george's uh resolution so vic i I think there needs to be nicer to you in press conferences (laughs) i can take it i take it i enjoy our rapport okay ian rapaport uh the probably the best uh, most memorable Memorable moment. That Christmas ale. It's aged in bourbon barrels, okay? <laughs> Off brewery lane. Um, the most memorable moment probably was when you asked him what his favorite Thanksgiving side was. Yeah, it's a pasta. he said pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. That was, great. that was great. That was great. Those are the kind of sound bites you, you can only get. Yeah. yeah. I, I think for Vic, it needs to be. Some way, somehow, they've got to get a little bit better at the challenge situation, at the clock management. You know, he calls the defense tremendously, but there's got to be some sort of emphasis on improving the clock management and the challenge. They actually they managed the clock really well at the end of the first half to get three points. There was 14 seconds left. 24 seconds left I think to start four. the to start the drive. 24. I'm pretty sure it's 14 seconds left, but. Uh Whatever you think, they found uh, Brandon. I think I was I was at the game, right? I watched the game. It doesn't matter. 
You're busy talking to Todd Davis. You're probably, (laughs) you're like, what are we going to talk about on the Broncos post-game show? That is true. Have you seen that? (laughs) I don't watch it. I think I made it, but I haven't watched it. There was another strobe effect. Just start the drive? Yes, there was 14 seconds left. I'll take your apology whenever you want to bring it. I don't believe this. 14 seconds left. You got the game book right there? Yeah. Check your DVOA. That's a menu. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like like it does look like a game book. (laughs) Yeah. Got the stats? Yeah. Got your game. They found Melvin Gordon. Okay, they got it going a little bit, and then they uh, and then uh, McManus, the third longest field goal in Broncos history, longest on the road, longest ever on the road, not at home in that mile high air. That's what road means, yeah. The murky atmosphere. No, the no, no, no. the thin air of mile high. Yeah, the rarefied air of Denver. Rarefied air. What are you looking up? You don't believe don't, the 14 no, I seconds, I don't huh? believe Ben Swanson. I told you. Look, Zach Scherer comments, uh, came back and says, these guys are distracting from how bad the Broncos are by talking about their hair and quarter zips. You asked what our New yeah, Year's yeah. resolutions yeah, were. Yeah, it's your, your fault, Zach. Oh, man. Tell him. Look into the camera and tell him. <laughs> I've had enough of these people. I think for George, the, the New Year's resolution has to be to go find a quarterback, a long-term solution yep. at quarterback. And when I say long-term, three years at least. King Theon, and then this time there's a 24 at the end. <laughs> They're just adding numbers? I don't know if uh, Ben Swanson's been messing that up. Yeah. Sorry, uh, King. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, King. Okay. King Theon, Could 24 seconds see, uh, left in the first half. Clowning, Clowny uh, being an option with Chubb. Jadavion Clowney. Wow. Then uh, uh, August Brandt says uh, Clowney's never played a whole year, I don't think. There has been some injury concerns with Jadavion. Could be an option, though. I mean, if I, you I wanted to you, go get a, a I think you've got to consider anything. Yeah. I would say draft is probably a good way to go. Well, but the issue is is that if you trade for a quarterback, you're going to get rid of your first-round pick and probably one of your yeah. second-round picks. Yeah. Or if you have to trade up for a quarterback, you're going to use your first-round pick for that That and probably one of your second-round picks. So the first actual pick on a non-quarterback position, in my opinion, will be with that other second-rounder. And so... You think it's too late to get Well, can you get like an impact pass rusher there? Or do you want to be... We always... Our friend John Elway. Your friend John Elway. He would always say, I like to to fill needs in free agency and draft the best player available. You don't want to be painted into a corner in in the draft. So I don't think you want to go into the to the draft saying in the second and third rounds, we need a right tackle and we need a pass rusher. Try to solve one of those in free agency so that you can then, you know, have oh, something's funny. Huh? Some funny ones, yeah. Metabale, who is a yeah, old friend of the yeah, show. A very good friend of the show. Really appreciate it. Says, really appreciate your enunciation of Rory Lane. It's good. Where are we? Brewery Lane. Yeah. Off Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. Yeah. At the farm home. We're at the farm home. If you live in the Denver metro area, you'll have one more opportunity to come out here. This year. This year, yeah. Who knows? And then next year, I think we're doing it from like Rockefeller Center or something. I was told. New Year's Eve? Yeah, exactly. Times Square. Yes. Tom Agnetti says, my wife heard Phil's voice and came running into the room. Tom, it's not good when my voice is what's doing it because I'm more known for the looks. You know, the voice is that's way down. Yeah, I shouldn't say anything here. <laughs> okay, R. Jansen has actually a good comment here. Um, what are the chances the Broncos will have a London game in the near future? Ooh. We could be enjoying a pint uh, across the pond. That's a good question. It'll, it'll be something to keep an eye on. I know it's important to the Broncos to play an international game. Um Recently, the, the new rule came out. I can't remember if it's every four years or eight years, but teams are going to play more frequently abroad. The Broncos have a new marketing deal in Mexico where they can advertise there. Yeah. And the Broncos talked about how a Mexico City game could be an option. We know Germany is an option for some teams. I think the Broncos will play internationally sometime very soon. It is important to the organization. Um, it was but, very important to Pat Bull. Yes. And, you know, we'll just have to see when that is. But in I don't know if it becomes something because of this deal you play in Mexico every time you play internationally, if they still try to rotate it. But London I, would be fun. I, I would hope that at some point they get a chance to They're supposed to play that. the Falcons in London yes. last year. That would have been really fun. That would have been great. But, alas. Yeah. 
So hopefully, hopefully it happens pretty soon here. Well, we got to wrap up the show pretty quickly here, but uh, Zach Scherer wants to know, does this show not continue weekly in the offseason? Yes, it does. Is that not Zach Scherer? Yeah. Sounds like not a not an old listener, maybe a new listener. It does continue on, um, but not from the brewery. No. I mean, we'll be here, but. We'll still be here, yeah. Yeah. Maybe before the show. Once a week in the off season. Once a week in the off season, not the two shows, and not at the brewery uh, right now, at least. But we'll be back. Who knows what could happen, though? Exactly. Um, and then Mark Horning says, "Are there any good QBs coming out this year?" Mark, we'll talk about it. There's there's, a, a, there's some options. There's some options. You know, every year around this time, you're like, "Who are the top quarterbacks?" Once the combine hits, we'll have a better idea. There's always some names that come to the top of the list yeah. that maybe you've never even heard about before. Yeah. And there's and always then, a guy that isn't talked about as the top guy, and he ends up being really good. Yeah. And Justin, guys, Her- Justin Herbert was not expected. There are people – Justin Herbert had the exact same draft grade as Drew Locke. It's crazy. And people said, oh, he's a reach. We shouldn't, you shouldn't take him in the top ten. He's Our been incredible. the sticks said yeah, just, same evaluation. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So we'll have a lot more of that. Coming up, uh, are you it's, okay? It's seven oh one. You're just grabbing. We're gonna. Stuff. We're just gonna get in well, trouble. We had a lot of good we're comments. In trouble. Okay, we had a lot of good comments. All right, that is gonna do it for us. Uh, we've got to clear out this space here. The next show's coming in. Yep. Yeah, we got to get off. Ben the Swanson stage. reads haikus after seven, <laughs> and he draws. Yeah. Yeah. While he's doing it, it's, it's, a, it's an impressive. It's app. really nice. You got to check it out. Okay, that is gonna do it for us. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll talk a lot more about this uh, Chiefs game coming up. Then, until then. For Roya Burton, who gets us up on the air. For Ben Swanson, for filtering all the questions. And then for us. Yeah. Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani. This has been The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.